0: I was sitting at home yesterday morning just having a little bit of breakfast I'm watching a replay of the Challenge Cup final between St Helens and Warrington. Lots of Aussie interest in that game with Justin Holbrook, who will be the coach of the Gold Coast Titans, coaching St Helens, and Steve Price, former coach of the Dragons, coaching Warrington, and Warrington in front in the game, hanging on St Helens. I mean, it wasn't a great classic contest by any stretch. The footy wasn't all that good, but there was plenty of local interests, including Blake Austin, who was unfortunately injured, out with an ankle problem at the moment for Warrington, and towards, I'm going to say about it, with five minutes to go in the game, they cut down to the sideline commentator who's interviewing Blake Austin, and they asked him how he's doing it, you know, being on the sidelines and not being out there to help his team at the end of the Challenge Cup final at the famous Wembley, and he says, I'm just enjoying the game, it's been a great game of footy, and rugby league is the winner. <laughs> for the first time in a long time, it's been trotted out. Rugby league is the winner by Blake Austin in Wembley. Good on you, Blake. Congratulations, mate. You are our Rugby League is the winner nominee for twenty nineteen. Hi everybody. Warren Smith, Lara Pitt, and Matty Russell. And you can take me now. I have seen it all. That tickled my fancy yesterday morning. It made made my morning on a sunny
1: Sunday in Sydney. Well, was don't you think Rugby League was the winner back here in Australia as yes. well from a fantastic opening round game at Bankwest Stadium with the Dogs against Parramatta through to that belter on Friday night at Suncorp Stadium to some of the action on Smash Up Saturday with three lopsided scorelines. Lara into the theatre that was GIO Stadium yesterday, topped off by Adam Fanua Blake. I just thought from Thursday through to Sunday Rugby League wasn't just the winner in England, was in Australia as well, Lara. It
2: was. I couldn't pick one moment from the weekend. There were heroes, there were villains, there were big Results and I enjoyed every minute of it. Adam Finol Blake, I don't mind at all if you give the fans a hard time. Neither I think it, do I. I think it's fabulous. You it's can play. Not a he's villain playing in your eyes. He's playing. fine. No. we need them. It's fine, even if he is though. He can, exactly. He can, be, he can be public enemy number one in Canberra. He doesn't play for them. That's fine.
1: I think that the Melbourne, the Canberra players should be this morning saying, "Let's hope we get to play Adam again. We'll sort him out there." But. They won the game against the odds. It's all about interacting with the crowd. We don't want to sanitise the game whereby players can't gesticulate to the crowd and wind up the crowd. It's part of the theatre. Bring it on. We should have more of it.
0: Yeah, if you were making a, a Western on the back lots of you know, Fox Studios here in Sydney or something and you said, we need a villain, um, get into Central Casting and see if you can <laughs> find a villain with your Ray... And I've come back with a bloke called Adam Fanua Blake. He's going he's to make these crying motions towards the crowd after they lose. I mean, on, on, on the scale of one to a million, on the, on the crime scale, it's not even jaywalking, is it really? No. I mean, no. it's just, uh, that he, was...
2: He might waste. get a job there next year. In Canberra, Yeah.
0: But the head of casting would do very well. Someone else did
2: after they did something similar to uh, <laughs> the Raiders fans. Well,
0: Michael Ennis did the yeah. Viking clap to them in that famous week one victory yep. in 2016 down there. And now Mick is he works for them. on the coaching staff looking after Josh Hodgson and the dummy halves down there in Canberra. So there you go.
2: If they want to be cranky at anyone, it has to be BJ Leilua. Of the course. Raiders fans, that's who they should be cranky. Yeah, at. he's Absolutely. the villain.
1: In, he's the in-house villain. As I think previewed by you a couple of weeks ago was when we were talking about when would you bring Joey Leilua back into the team and you referred to the red mist that can descend on Joey maybe a little bit earlier than it does on other players in the league. Well, we saw it.
0: You didn't exactly need a crystal ball to be a, you know, a psychic to predict that at some point he was going to do something silly and he did it again yesterday. And you can go back... Every season, and I know this because I did it yesterday. I typed in, I went to the Google machine and I typed in Joey LeLua discipline slash Ricky Stewart, and up they come. The stories from 2016 when he did something, and 2017 when he did that, and last year when he stood over the Bulldogs at Belmore and laughed in their face and gave them a bake when they scored a try on the bell to win that one. Up the stories come, and, and he's He's a penalty machine. At times, as I said, the red mist descends on him and he he can play really good footy. But there's a reason he's never won a premiership and there's a reason he's never played for New South Wales in state of origin football. Mm. And it's his discipline and his ability to rein it in and to do the best for his team and not for himself because he's always trying to win battles, little personal battles. And, you know, sometimes it helps if you can make it personal and get the better of over your direct opponent. But sometimes you've got to put it away and just do what's right for the team and not always win. You don't have to win every argument 100-0. And Joey tries to win every argument 100-0. And sometimes, mate, just lose the battle but win the war. Mm -hmm. And yesterday he lost the battle and
1: Canberra lost the war. Yeah, he's been playing for eleven seasons, only charged six times, but that doesn't quite tell the story, does it? It's the it penalty given the away in a crucial position. And yesterday, Ricky didn't defend it at all. In fact, he agreed that is an eight-point try every day of the week. And I'm sure there's been a conversation between Ricky and Joey previously, and it will happen again this week because they want him to walk that fine line. They want him to be the competitor and the um, temperamental X-factor that he is, but he can't go over it like that in a big game, in a crunch situation. Uh, Ricky would be very nervous in the finals if Joey doesn't improve in that regards.
2: Have we got the charge seat yet? Is he going to get charged for that? I haven't seen
1: it as yet. It's still as we are recording early on
0: Monday morning, so haven't seen anything as yet. But it wouldn't be a surprise. It would probably be contrary conduct grade one or something like that. So um, we'll wait and see what happens as the day plays out. By the time you're listening to this, you'll probably be well aware as to whether Joey has been charged or not. But it wouldn't be a surprise. And, you know, that was a crucial moment quite obviously because it cost them the extra two points. And then at the end of the game, when they had penalties in kickable positions they couldn't kick a penalty goal because they were four points behind, not the two they should
1: have been. Exactly. As simple as that. It's pure maths. Yep, so the Canberra Raiders go down. But we should say what a performance it was by Manly. In front of 20,000 Canberra fans, down two players, behind in the game, and you come back to win it. Jake Trebojevic with that crucial try. Their defence at the end was fantastic. And maybe they got lucky with that uh, uh, gajewski Break that led to a try, but uh, I'm surprised they didn't go back and check it. They went straight to the, we'll give that a try rather than going to the bunker. But well, two like, more points to Manly.
0: On the coverage, I'm guessing there were more camera angles available to the bunker, quite obviously, because they have all the camera angles that they can call up. But it, you know, if you start going back and looking at offsides on try scoring situations, and you, you would say, well, okay, there's not that many of them where it's an intercept. So it wouldn't be a massive disruption if we only checked those ones. But where do you draw the line on where, what we're checking for offside? Because if Josh Hodgson, as he's prone to do every set of six, jumps out of the line, tries to put pressure on the kicker, gets a charge down as he's done, and say so they score a try off that, are you going back to check if Josh Hodgson mm. is onside on the other side of the equation? So, you know, it opens a Pandora's box if you start checking
1: offside on basically every play, yeah. or every scoring play. I can cop that too. I can cop that too. Part of me, and that's the that ironic
0: part about it, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Josh Hodgson throws the pass from dummy half. From the coverage, you couldn't you couldn't be certain. You'd think if he took the pass on about the you know the nine meters, the ten meter line from memory. If you just put your head down, if you're on the line and you put your head down, it's bang out of the blocks like that. Anticipating maybe he's just going to throw a, a wide pass from dummy half. If, if you get beaten, they mm. score a try. So it's a you know, it's an all-or-nothing play, isn't it, by Gashevsky. You know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he could be onside and get there, sort of take that catch. But given what we know, everyone immediately goes, well, he must have been offside to get there to take that catch and streak down the field to link up with Ruben Garrick. So, you know, it, but even if he was, even if he was, he jumped the gun early, again, it's a, you know, it's a curious, It's a, it's another one of those rugby league refereeing situations where it's not like a, the NFL where each down is its own little individual part of the game. The game flows and you can't be have everybody, okay, you're all in line, all be, all be stationary, nobody move, play the ball now and off you go. Like, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of grey area, isn't there, mm. in rugby league. Like so much of the game is like, yeah, that's, that's about right. I mean, this, the, just the 10-metre rule in itself. Just Just to say if you were inventing rugby league right now and you said well we 're going to have the um, defending team stand ten meters back from where the man playing the ball is playing the ball, but there won 't be a line on the ground or anything sort of no, no flags to define di- it on the sideline it 's just like where the referee 's standing, and everybody 's got to wait until he plays the ball so it 's You know, it's a very rubbery sort of situation to start with, isn't it? Let's let's be honest.
1: It it is. And we're on a rugby league highway. I want to just deviate off the left for a minute here down a cricket highway. And it relates to what we're talking about. Because when it comes to technology in sport to solve all problems, last night we had Nathan Lyon bowling to England Lara. The test there to be won. We needed one wicket. Plum LBW. Um, Umpire says not out. The Aussies can't review it because they've burnt their reviews. Terrible decision by the umpire. But the Aussies, equally to blame because they'd reviewed an LBW decision that was obviously not out. Mm -hmm. So if we have captain's call in rugby league, don't we enter the realm of having exactly the same scenario unfold? And, well, how would you be this morning, say if that situation was in
0: rugby league where you had a captain's call and you'd burnt your captain's call and then we had an obvious howler at the end of the game that you couldn't review, would we just say, "Wow, they used that review on something earlier on, which
1: was pretty stupid? Or would you bake the referees like the umpires getting baked this morning for, for still not coming up with what should have been a pretty obvious finger up, test over, Australia win. Instead, Ben Stokes and his heroics gets the job done. Ben's dad, Jared or Jed Stokes... Played rugby league for New Zealand, took his rugby league to England and coached in England. If Ben Stokes was a rugby league player, I wonder what position he'd play was. Uh, I can see him as, a, as an edge back rower, yeah, an five, edge forward.
0: slash edge forward, I would have thought. Yeah. Plenty of ticker. Plenty of it. To play the way he played and score the runs he was scoring was remarkable. I just had that sinking feeling <laughs> as they got closer, sitting there last night in the early hours. I, just, I was tweeting with uh, Adam Peacock from Fox Sports, who everyone will know well listening to this, and I just said, we never win the tight ones. We never win these close ones. I'm getting, you're going back to Tomo and, and AB at the MCG against the Poms in 1982, One?
1: was it, maybe, 82? Chris Tavare and Bo- yeah. through Botham's hand, picked up by Tavare, yes. was that it?
0: Yes, uh, and then we got, well, I think we lost by three or four on that occasion. Um, you know, Andrew Flintoff in 2005, Craig McDermott. I was at the Adelaide Oval in 1992-93 when the Windies beat us by one run. Craig McDermott got um, caught down the uh, leg side off the bowling of Courtney Walsh from memory. Um, I was scoring for 2UE in the cricket coverage <laughs> at that stage, which is <laughs> all fascinating to everybody, no doubt. Um, so, uh, and, you know, I'm, as all this is just weighing on me as I'm watching the cricket last night. I think, we never... We never win the close
1: ones. And Nathan Lyon missed that gimme run-out opportunity. We'd burned our reviews, Ben Stokes smashing them all around the grounds and there are the poms celebrating. It was tough to watch. And it was. I'd sent my 16-year-old to bed and I kept getting texts about – what about this dad and what about that dad and, you know, he's funny in bed we're watching. in the same house he's in bed watching it and I'm upstairs uh, a very modern the world. family way of the world in twenty nine. he was meant to be in bed sleeping but I turned a blind eye given that he was absorbed the in drama. the test that I was absorbed in you had your hand up Lara
2: yeah because I've got some breaking news BJ Leilua has been charged and he's looking at missing two games wow. really so he got a, a well, grade great. one charge for dropping the knees his base charge of 200 points but if he pleads guilty it's 180 which is one week but because he he has carryovers That's right. it clocks back over to two hundred, so he would miss two games if he fights the charge and and loses anyway, he misses two games so he 's not risking anything by trying to get it. Well, you can't really down, get it downgraded because it's a grade one, so he'd have to be pleading not guilty. So, yeah. anyway, he's because out for two games.
1: In round three, he was charged with dangerous contact attacking an opponent's head. That was on Tim Glasby. Uh, he took the early plea, but that's the carryover that sees him now missing two weeks. So,
2: won't be back until week one of the finals. So, big, yeah. big, poor decision as we've already And, and already only just
1: back. Yeah. Only just back. The chance to rack up some match fitness and a bit of combination for the finals and that just slides out the window. So, uh, so at some point, will the penny
0: ever drop? Will
1: he be one of those players who goes through his entire
0: career thinking that it's the system and not him that's wrong?
1: No. I, I don't think the penny. will drop. No, when you watch drop.
2: that back anyway. Yeah.
1: He'll, the penny will never drop. Well, he's only 27, so he might have another four or five years in the game. So maybe there's time for that penny yes. that's rattling around in there to plonk. Mm.
0: At some point, you'd like to think, wouldn't you? especially if you're Ricky Stewart because, uh, you know, there, he's hurt them again. Yep. He hurt them yesterday and he's hurt them again for the next two games mm. as it turns out. So,
2: Well, let's talk about some of the try-saving tackles from the weekend. There were a couple in that game as well, although some people thought that Jack White did score that first try when Daley Cherry Evans um, dislodged the ball.
0: Would have liked to have seen a couple more angles, yep. one from the far side of the field to see yep. how much it was. Now, the, the, ball, the ball was moving around in his grip. Not a lot, and I wouldn't have been. so You know, I'd have been completely comfortable had it come up with with the green lights. I
2: feel like when you watched it in real time, it looked like he scored the try. When they slowed it down, yep. is when it looked like it looked a little bit iffy. But
0: but then in real I would have time, been happy
2: in real time for them to award that try. Yeah,
0: in real time, I thought Tom Trebovich scored as well. Mm. I was shocked when they showed the replay and the ball came away from his hand quite clearly. Mm only by a couple of inches, but that's all you need. I mean, and there you go again. People talk about, oh, the bunker and the video referees and this and that. But well, if we didn't have it, you know, and, and we saw that, they awarded that try, which you would have done 100 times out of 100, and then on the replay afterwards you saw the ball come away from his hand. What would have been in the back page of the paper today? Mm. Mm.
1: Well, I've seen tries given in that situation this season and not given. And as I watched it, I was trying to draw a parallel between what examples I've seen most as to what way they're going to go. I, I couldn't come up with it. I, I Whatever way they went, I thought, well, I could back it up with some examples this season. And perhaps that is the tricky position we're in heading into the finals. We don't quite know exactly where the line is in terms of keeping control of that ball um, to make a legal ground. Do
2: you know whose fault this is? It's our fault. Because if fans didn't get to see the replays from five different angles, they would have just lived with the try. But mm. because we showed them every angle, they get, they be livid.
1: In stunning high definition.
2: Exactly. So let's just <laughs> – we'll take the blame for the, the bunker and, and all the, the refs' problems. That was a great try saving tackle. Whether or not you thought it was a try is uh, for, for up for debate. But you know, earlier on, su- on Sunday, we had uh, an incredible effort from Philip Sammy – and then on Friday night, you, um, Maddie Russell, believes a much better try saver from Damian Cook. Let's go head to head, <laughs> Pitt
1: v Russell.
0: Well, they're completely me. different, aren't they? Because one's a, a chase the length of the field, and the other one's a, a, a try line save. I don't care, Damian Cook. Which was, I don't care. Uh, he but was going to score. Standout. For your life, that was a.
2: I would say you could pull off the cook try, cook try saver. You I couldn't do what <laughs> you couldn't do what Philip Savvy did.
0: That was a Mal Meninga ankle tap save on Michael Neal in the 1989 grand final when Michael Neal was going to score for your yeah. life for the Tigers, and somehow Mal ankle tapped him a meter short of the line to save a try and probably save the grand final for the Canberra Raiders. i uh, <laughs> They're both sensational.
2: They're so different.
0: But when, when a play prompts a nickname for a player, <laughs> the bound, hound, I think that's the best because Philip Sammy is now being called on the
1: Gold Coast the hound because he chased down the fox. Well, I'm calling Damien Cook the woodchopper because he cut down the tall timber, two metres, 110 kgs on the fly. He's going to score easily and there's that little axe around his knees. The Helensburg Beach Sprinter is now the Redfern Woodchopper. Was
2: <laughs> there's impressive. your nickname.
0: I mean, it was unbelievable. He was through the hole and going to score and going to win the game for the Broncos, and Damian Cook just closing the hole on him with the best covering tackle you would ever wish to see. Yeah, phenomenal.
2: Oh, when we were, who called the game yesterday for us, the Titans game? Whoever was Speedy. calling that, yeah, so whoever, so it was, was it, um, in color commentary, Gaz is like, is he going to get there? <laughs> and I, we're like, nah. No, nah, not going to get there. No way, Philip Sammy is going to catch him, and he and he literally was an inch away, mm. and he, he's just not seen him coming. You could, Josh almost didn't either hear him or no one was yelling. Someone's coming for you because then he suddenly looks to the right and goes, "Holy moly!" Didn't expect anyone to get near me.
0: Freda Stairfield would the fox of 2018 scored that try because he's put on a little bit of bulk, hasn't he? In 2019, he's, he's four or five kilos heavier. Than he was in previous seasons. Oh, he hasn't
2: slowed down. Up, no upper way. upper
0: body. He's he's become a bigger winger than he was in the first two, three, four seasons off his but, career. Has it cost him? Cost him a tenth?
1: No, was it cost him a yard? Have a look at the Olympic finals. They're all big muscular men that run sub tens for the hundred meter final at the Olympics. You I, know I, why, don't you? Because, yeah, I do, I do know why. But my point is, you can put on some bulk and still keep your speed. Maybe Shervo will tell us it will actually could actually help the fox. Shervo's clean. I know Shervo's clean. I know Shervo's clean. Why but is Shervo I,
0: coming up every week on, I, on the because we love him.
1: We love Shervo. I think it's more that the fox had, was out of gas, whereas Philip Sammy had started the chase a little bit later and was at mm. a little bit a little bit more power in the tank still.
2: I loved it when we shot. We had a shot of Sammy afterwards, and he's like. I'm done. Like no, did, I, I won't no, repeat no, what he, he said. Didn't say that. I won't repeat what he said. There it was, was a swear word clear. It was crystal clear. He was like, like, get me off. I've done my bit. <laughs> I need to get off the field. It was, yeah. It was I'm
1: like, trucking fantastic. or something like that. Was. Yeah. yeah I, I think you. I'm you've trucked. Nailed it. I'm, tra- <laughs> I'm trucked.
2: You have truck. absolutely
0: <laughs> nailed it. Uh, it wasn't a try saver, but Mike Asivo uh, has picked up from where George Tafua has left oh, off yeah. in recent times, jamming in off the wing and rattled every bone, joint, <laughs> ligament, cartilage in the body of Dallin with Tenny at with that hit all the way back on Thursday night at Bankwest Stadium. That That is one of the tackles of the season. Mm. My goodness, what a hit.
1: Yeah, it'll be that one along with a few from Georgie Tafua. There was one up there in North Queensland from George and a couple subsequently. I reckon George has maybe three of the top four. Uh, oh yeah. Smash up jobs of the season yes. But if I, I was sidelined for that game And it was, it was fantastic to be there Not the biggest crowd But still an atmosphere And it was back to the 80s These teams met seven times In finals during the 80s Including two grand finals And it was like that Had been sprinkled over the top of them That shot ignited the crowd And ignited both teams uh, And as that collision came Sitting sideline The officials beside me And both the benches Either side of them All rocked back And grimaced um, you could see them in my periphery. They all rocked. They could see it coming and then it was like a car crash. And <laughs> straight away, the trainer went out to Dallin Wateni's and gave him the on-field concussion assessment, all good. Then the Canterbury doctor, a few minutes later, came to the medical tent, had a really good long look at it and, and almost with a smirk shook his head and said, there's nothing wrong with him. So the tackle, as I, I thought at the time, it was brutal, but it was also beautiful in its execution. Legal, no one injured. Back to your feet and play on. Rugby league at its best.
0: Yeah, Dean Farray put off a couple of those last year for the Panthers. Same scenario, just jamming in and getting there in Jeremy Marshall
1: King was on the receiving end of that one you're thinking of. And and likewise, like DWZ,
0: he bounced back to his feet last year. Jeremy Marshall King as well. Uh, You know, Boy, they are
1: tough dudes, aren't they? They are. They are. And when you look at that, it's a tackle that could quite easily go wrong. But I've not been in that arena. Um, it, it, it didn't. And well done, Mike Acevo, because, um, yeah, he might finish as the leading try scorer and the leading he, smash-up He
2: should tackle. be at the top of our try scoring leaderboard. I think he butchered, was it two or three chances on yeah. Thursday night? He should be our top. He had an off night. Yeah, he, he didn't quite nail it. Um, I've enjoyed watching that game, and I feel like the Bulldogs did such a good job of frustrating the Eels. They really got mm. under their skin. They had nothing... Oh, they did have something to play for because, remarkably, after that win, we started mathematically looking at whether or not the Bulldogs could make the finals.
1: Of which the first three legs had when ticks on them.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't look um, like that's going to happen. But well. to think that they are above the teams that they've leapfrogged now after the start to the year that they've had, they're 12th. Are they 12th? Well,
1: four straight wins for the first time in three years was leaves them where? Bulldogs are 12th. Um, nine wins, 13 losses.
0: Twenty points minus one hundred and sixty <laughs> for minus one hundred and sixty for against. That's the second worst. But they've against, couple, only beaten by I the, the Gold like Coast the, Titans.
2: I feel like there was only there was just a few blowout scores this year. Not, oh yeah, they not got, they every got game. A bunch though, of times early yeah, on. But then they've sort of cleaned up their act. But um,
1: the bad ones were forty to six round one against the Warriors. Yes. Forty to four against the Dragons in round five, and after that. They were beaten 36-12, again, by the Dragons, 38-12 by the Roosters. So they're their big ones. But since then, uh, they've either won or it's been close. I think you mentioned last week was they finished last season with a winning streak. Yeah, they four could of well, their last six. Th- their aim now will be... But there's
2: six of their last eight now.
1: To win... Well, they, e- they could finish with a six-game winning streak. They've got North Queensland and Brisbane in the final round. They'll be pumped up to... If they beat North Queensland, which is a real possibility... Uh, They'll be pumped up to finish with on a high against the Broncos. But the big question is that will mean nothing if they start one and five again next season. Well,
0: as we said last week, the expectations keep just, you know, growing for next year, don't they? I mean, in 2020, when round one on, onwards, uh, if, if as you say, if they start off as they did again this year, everyone's going to be going, well, what the hell happened? Yeah. So, you know, it's back end of the season form. Maybe take it with a grain of salt because as it turns out when you lose... Um, eleven of your first fourteen games. It doesn't really matter what you do at the back end. You're very likely to miss the finals, and you know. So, I haven't gone through the ramifications of the results uh, since uh, Saturday night, as far as you know the dogs are concerned. Um, you know, the Broncos losing helped them. Um, Sharks winning certainly didn't. Tigers winning didn't. Um, Panthers mm-hmm. losing did. Knights yeah. being beaten by the Tigers did. But you know, they are three points adrift of the Broncos in eighth position. The Broncos need to lose two. The Tigers need to lose two. Panthers can't win again, and they're minus hundred. I mean, minus hundred and sixty is like being—you know—it's another two losses behind. So,
2: yeah, but I think the bigger talking point is the fact that the Parramatta Eels really missed an opportunity. Yeah, and they—I think they need to work on their mental toughness because Clint Gutherson was losing the plot a little bit with the ref getting very frustrated, and he's their captain. So, if he does, then it kind of lets the whole team feel a little bit. Um, hard done by and they need to just get that right before they play finals. Um, and Nathan Brown, of course, is the other huge casualty out of this game and I feel like when I saw the charge seed on Saturday that he – th- sorry, Friday that he was a little bit lucky to only be missing two games.
0: That's remarkable for mine. That yeah. Th- that it's only a grade two shoulder charge. I mean, is what's the next – you know, like uh, – the next level would have to be contact with, with the, the head, head but i exactly. guarantee you
2: well, it's illegal Well,
0: if he came out it's with illegal a, to yeah. do
2: that tackle why is it only a two game charge That's right. you are doing something it's not even that you've made a careless decision or you're being charged for a high shot you're not allowed to do that yeah. tackle you
0: haven't got a, you haven't made a tackle in the course of the game and got it wrong you've made a tackle which isn't even in, 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 the, in the game anymore yeah. it's not a reaching tackle you put your arm out and clock somebody high and get a grade 1 careless or whatever it is We've rubbed it out of the game. Mm. It should it should have been five weeks minimum.
1: Well, for Mike, I guarantee I, that would have
0: been should have been season over.
1: His teammates because he hits him with in the him? head. It's not grade three. It would have been referred straight to yeah. the judiciary. His teammates are cranky. The coach is cranky. Even his grandma is cranky <laughs> with enough. Nathan Brown. But I, I will say that you know it's a dopey, dopey act and. He's the club's Ken Stephen nominee for all the work he's done while injured at, you know, Westmead Children's Hospital. But he was a villain with that tackle, and and maybe he got off lightly. He'll, he'll be on his best behaviour surely when he gets back. But so next up for Parramatta is Brisbane, and Brisbane played the following night. Uh, when you look at it from the week that was the lead up with all the coaches banter, the into the tries that were scored, the thrilling finish, the old gunslinger Clint <laughs> Eastwood entering the South Sydney dressing room as Wayne Bennett with arms up and when doing the double it, doors swinging uh, as he walked uh, into the saloon.
2: Never have, seen that. Though, have we right? had a better game never this season?
1: That. Like I know we can throw that out there. Forgetting about games in round six or eight, of which we've had beauties, I'm There's sure some good ones recently. But it's but more, if you yeah. encapsulate the whole week, have it's we the had a better narrative
2: around the yeah. game that ki- that just kicks at home? That, the that, fact that we had all that slanging match going on in the lead up, and then cliffhanger, yeah, cliffhanger,
1: sensational tries, <laughs> yeah. fire and brimstone, the vision afterwards that you've never. If what? How many games has Wayne Bennett coached? Six hundred and something. And I don't reckon he would ever uh, have more. walked into the dressing rooms with his arm up and then being embraced by so many jubilant players. Even after a grand final, all those grand final wins, I bet you didn't walk into the dressing room with his arms in the air as if he'd just slayed the bloody evil dragon. Told you all
0: you need to know about what it meant to him. 830. And the team.
2: Or more, yeah. Um, Unbelievable. Anthony
0: Seabold is quite obviously an intelligent man and obviously a very good rugby league coach. Here he is, got himself a long-term deal at the Brisbane Broncos, coach of the... Dally M coach of the year in 2018 with South Sydney. Um, they're still dirty for the way he way it all panned out, that he came for a year and then was happy to jump out of there. That's no secret now, I don't think. Um, if you go down to Redfern, out of training, and mention the name Anthony Seabold, you no love, I think, for Anthony there at the moment. That was part of the reason they wanted to win that game so badly. But at Harvard Business College, where Anthony's done some work in the past, do they teach, is there like 101 snark? (laughs) Do they they, they teach a little course, uh, like a three-day course in snark? Because what was he doing coming out last week? And he started it. I mean, you can talk about well, Jason Demetrio and he should put a cork in it because he's only an assistant, and you know he shouldn't be buying into this. If and my
1: assistant like, said that, he'd be sacked, basically. Oh, but,
2: oh but I like it. Like, it was fantastic. Why should he? Why should he have to keep his mouth shut and let everybody, you know, fire darts at him? Which no, he, no. He, which they have been doing all year. I don't mind that he has an opinion. I don't like how much have we?
1: No, I didn't mind it. Talked about but I was all surprised by it. all year. Yeah, but. For a man who is put up as a new generation coach, the um, academic uh, type coach who comes at the game from a different you're talking about Seabold. Seabold, yeah. I was surprised with that background from what I've read and know about Anthony that he came out acted that way. But I'm with Lara. I enjoyed hearing oh, it. Fantastic. I, I bought, I, I bought into it, and yeah. So I, I don't. Am I having two Bob each way there? Because I was surprised, but I enjoyed it. So if I'm in charge of the Broncos, if I'm Paul White in the board,
0: I'm so going, why do we need to start this war? Why what, what why did we need the why did the coach need to come out and give them all the motivation? As if they didn't have enough motivation as it was. Oh but he comes out and goes, Oh yeah, you know, their attackers uh, not much has changed from last year or it like well we didn't have to say that, mate. <laughs> Tell you no, that's the, and it's the, it's almost like it's the opposite to the old rugby league rule. All you do is rap you know, if you can you imagine Desi Hasler saying that?
1: Do you think <laughs> Des will this. just wrap the other mob? No. Oh,
0: they're playing sensational. They're great, boy. We are the underdogs in this game by so far. By I can't. We've got to go up there and f- you know we have okay. got to face the might of the um, Rabbitohs and Damian Cook and Cameron Murray. I mean, what a great team they
1: are. Des he would have been wrapping them deluxe. Did Souths play any better because of the comments from Anthony Seibold?
0: Well, I don't know. Wayne Bennett, do- Bennett doing the jig, <laughs> in, doing a jig in the dressing room with his hands up, the conquering hero. And the players high-fiving him. And, if, again, if you haven't seen it, jump on your Google machine or your
1: Yahoo box. Or any Fox League program this week. And, and it'll check be it out and have
0: a look because it'll be getting a massive run everywhere. He's, he goes around the room. He's high-fiving players. Cody Walker jumps on his back. I mean, you know... Yeah, I re- they got a bit out of that. The little back and forth as it continued on and when Jason Demetriou returned fire, that would have been, yeah, get that into your sea We're coming to get you, baby. You're in Team Wayne. You're well, Team no, Wayne. No, I'm not in, no, I'm
2: not in You are. I'm, I'm, Team I'm in Wayne. Team, team, w- team
0: Wayne. I'm on Team Was <laughs> because I'm just doing my best, a little battler from the West. I do I'm just doing my best. But honestly, yeah. I, if I was of the two sides... You've taken don't, weights. Don't, so. fire, don't fire the first shot. Uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, hands he got, in the he's air again.
2: not the first coach this week in the last few weeks to not cope with criticism, Anthony Seabold. I think Craig Bellamy is also, for the first time, lost the plot a little bit around all the criticism that the Storm have been facing. Um, he's. I, I do generally believe that he's used to, every time this time of year comes around, something happens. A, a team will fire up. But this is for him, I think, gotten personal. I think he thinks now it's gone too far and and he is having... You could probably s-
1: make a fair case. The, the, the reason they're upset is because they believe that we are doing what every other club does, only that we work harder and do it better than the others.
2: And people are taking pot shots a little bit at the team now. And I
1: believe some of the criticism angled at Cam Smith was grossly unfair, mm. absolutely grossly unfair. A, a, a jumper pool that was caught in a moment of a shutter that made it look like he was screwing someone's ear off when it was actually, in my opinion, incidental contact as the jumper was dragged down, I thought was grossly unfair. So
2: that incident on its own, I was would... Was used
1: then to raise a number yes. of other tackles so that, it's, it's yes, the Storm cum- are guilty of. It's a cumulative But so thing. is every other, mm. other team. Like if... if, if I would if,
2: argue not every other team.
1: Though. Well, what? A, okay, let's say that if Melbourne had done what Jimmy the Jet had done, that... That sort of frustrated elbow to the head. Now they they, they don't they, they don't they're not doing that.
2: That's not the same.
1: Exactly. That's what, that's my point. They're, so you know, people would have a go at Melbourne, but for, that's
2: losing that's losing the argument here because what everyone what those clubs I think initially were trying to say is they're frustrated with the wrestle and the way they slow the play the ball down and they were criticising their style of play in defence yes. particularly. Then James Roberts has a brain explosion against his former club, which is totally different. You can't compare the two at all, and and. But if
1: you're going to criticise Melbourne for for not breaking the rules, that is but one doing that, breaking the rules. But then why though. wouldn't you get stuck into South Sydney, who've because had Sam Burgess do what he's done, Jimmy the Jet do what he's done? They are flagrantly breaking the rules and seemingly not getting that, the same pressure that Melbourne are getting for operating within the rules, I, but doing it better than anyone else. I that's would that's say the point.
2: Grubby tactics versus. A general, a general style of play are two different things. I don't think you can argue. I think Craig can come out and he did say, Shane Richardson on the weekend, you need to worry about your own backyard. He fired back at him after James Roberts got charged. So, you know, he's clearly um, not happy with the criticism, but I just think they're two very different things. You can't say, okay, Souths are a grubby team. They are charged a lot. Mm-hmm. That's totally different to people criticising the way the Storm aggressively wrestle at the play of the ball, and put three men in a tackle every tackle, um, and do some. I mean, Curtis Scott. Uh, I think I don't know if he's been charged, but he um, got put on report for a crusher yesterday. And I watched the tackle. I'm like, it's just so unnecessary the way he put himself into into that tackle. Like it's not even traditionally a rugby league tackle. I'm not. I'm not an expert. I don't. I've never tackled. So, I'm, but I'm just watching the way other teams play, and I'm comparing it maybe to the Roosters, who are a really good defensive team, but they don't do. I don't think they do do defensively the same. Well, I saw
1: a tackle in Canberra where one of their leading, prominent players grabbed Jared Croker around the jaw, pulled his head sideways, and it was a manoeuvre to me that wasn't in the spirit of rugby league. So if you're going to have a crack at Melbourne, go back to that tackle from – there's an example. Mm. From yesterday's game? No, from when Roosters played Canberra a couple of weeks ago. Sorry. Um, Yeah, so – Okay, so okay, there's styles of
2: play. So okay, the Roosters and Trent Robinson said after that game that, the Raiders get you down and dirty. It's not the style of football we yeah. like to play, but you know what? If we have to play and if we get dragged down into that kind of thing, we will do it. Yeah. But it is his preference as a coach to not coach and, that and way. And I
1: commend, I commend that. And I hope that the game ultimately gets rid of the wrestle. I yeah, really and do. Do you
2: know who I love watching? And I don't particularly like the Roosters because I'm not supposed to, but I love watching them play at the moment. Yeah. I love the joy that they play rugby league well, with.
0: Their, their attack is the best in the comp. When they're on song, they boy, it's it's. Sad. Sensational to watch. You're exactly right about that. But do you know what the Raiders were saying yesterday after the game against Manly? They'd cre- Jared Croker said, well, we knew what they were going to bring. It was going to be ugly. It was going to be <laughs> – so every team thinks of every other team. <laughs> they play the way we expect them to play, but we don't play like that. But everybody, everybody else thinks you do play like that. I mean, the, huh. the Sharks – The the rub on the Sharks is they've always played like that in this period when Shane Flanagan had them on the rise. They win the premiership and then beyond. Of course, John Morris is the coach this year, but everyone will still tell you, oh, when you you play the Sharks, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be scrappy. So every team thinks of every other team. They play that way. The rub with Melbourne is the rest of the competition and the vast majority of fans who aren't Melbourne fans think, yeah, you're right the vast majority of it is well within the rules of the game, they think Melbourne are gaming the system. They think they found an inefficiency inefficiency on the stock market and they've somehow got a little loophole into it and they're making money off the back of everybody else that nobody else can make. That's what they think of the Melbourne storm and that's why they don't like what's happening and it all would have been knocked on the head had Nelson Aceves-Olemona been charged for what he did two weeks ago in that game against Canberra. Had that been charged, the whole conversation last week and all the talk and um, the the collar grab by Cameron Smith, which was a collar grab, looked vastly different when you saw it on the video to the still photos. It was chalk and cheese.
2: I think what's happened there is Bailey Simonson has told Ricky he he had my ear. That's the only thing I can think of.
0: Well, that wasn't the case. How
2: do you know? Well, was do you, you have Bailey Simonson. From, from, the, from
0: the vision I saw, mm. that was. But wasn't through
2: the, the collaring, it looks like he's, he's rubbing over the ear. So I can only think that Bailey Simonson has gone well, to Ricky and said he grabbed my ear as he was doing that. And then, as we know, coaches talk to everyone and go, this, how about this? Try and, you know, mm. agendas and, and whatever else. It comes <clears> out. So it's the only thing I can think of is that because you can't, from that photo and from the vision, we can't tell that that's what he's done. Right? It looks like he's just pulled the jersey over his
0: head. Do, do do they, you know, work the tackle to their advantage?
2: Yeah.
0: A thousand percent. There's no question about that. And they are the best and they practice hard, as you said, Maddie, and, and they and they control tackles like no other team in the competition. It's a big part of why they've been as good as they have been for a long time because they've had seasons where their attack isn't all that flash. And I've got a bit of a feeling at the moment they're in one of their phases, Melbourne, where their attack isn't anywhere near where they would like it to be. And they can go through little patches. I know they scored some points in the second half yesterday, but they'll play in the 16th place team.
2: Well, clearly they're having problems in attack because that's obviously why Craig wanted to... Experiment with his spine two he, weeks out yeah. from the final. Yeah, Here that, we are that's
0: again. A, this is that's exactly w- storyline, and it? it's exactly where they were last season. And they they couldn't settle on who was the number seven, who was their best option to lead them around the paddock at the back end of the season and also the finals. And I think it was one of the reasons they didn't win. The I mean, maybe they weren't going to beat the Roosters the way the Roosters <laughs> played in the grand final. It was well, because you're watching
2: the Roosters rack up 122 points in their last three games, so they're going well. If we're going to be beating those guys, we need to find more points. And I, I don't know that a traditional low-scoring grand final, um, which is what Melbourne would probably like to have, they would get if they played the Roosters again.
1: What do you reckon? Week one of the finals, will it be Jerome Hughes in the Haas with Pappenhausen at the back, or will it be Brodie Croft in the Haas with Jerome Hughes at the back and Pappenhausen on the bench? Oh, I've got a we'll know this week towards that it's going to be so
2: this week, Hughes. but so this, so this week they play Manly, so that's a huge game to... Tinker again.
0: Mm. Yeah, whoever the halfback is this week has got the job for the rest of the season, I reckon. Unless there's an injury. Teams Tuesday will be
1: very interesting from a Melbourne perspective, won't it? It'll be fascinating.
2: Did you see did Absolutely you hear Jesse Bromwich in the pregame? Hannah asked him, Oh, you big change in the spine. Brady Croft, you know, what's asked about how that changed things. Oh yeah, Brody's been going okay. But, you know, he was the expression on his face was you could clearly see that the players weren't particularly happy with how brody has been playing. He didn't hide it. He of he's been okay. He didn't, you know, usually there'll be Ducks and Drakes. Oh, yeah, we're just going to try something new, avoid talking about the player that's been left out. But he was pretty honest. And even Rousey, when he spoke to Gaz pregame, said as much that it's not resting. It's, you know, we need, we need to find more.
1: I, I
0: think Brodie Croft is their best option, to tell you the truth. I mean, I'm not there. I'm not Craig Bellamy, quite obviously. I'm not Cameron Smith or Jason Riles. It's such a
2: big time of year to make a big change like that.
0: Like and again, like... It, it, yeah. Why wouldn't
2: you have done it midway?
0: And I don't know what you learned yesterday. Maybe Brodie Croft just needed a bit of a breather just to freshen up and we'll see. And Maybe he's back in the team this week and it was very much, as they presented it, just a bit of a breather for... Brody Croft, but we'll, we'll know when they take on Manly because uh, that's, that's in the deep end of the pool,
1: isn't it? Can I move on to one of Melbourne's arch-rivals, Cronulla? I called them on the weekend, back-to-back wins for the fifth time this season. They've never won three straight games this season and they've got Canberra at points bet this weekend to farewell that ground for a couple of years, to farewell Gal at home after his 19-year career. Did the Sharkies catch fire against the Warriors? Are they informed now that we'll see them go on a run and be a force through September? They've got Matt Moylan to come back. The bench is firing. They did pick up a couple of injuries that might mean that we put a question mark because Jack Williams is injured. Sasia Fecky picked up an injury. So with that mapped out on the table, how impressed were you with the Sharkies and what they put on against the Warriors?
2: Well, I was sidelined with you for that game, Maddie, and I can tell you the Sharks weren't happy with themselves. Wade Graham was shaking his head when they walked off at halftime, um, didn't really want to talk to me. So we did a last-minute change and spoke to Chad Townsend for walk-off interview. Wade said, sorry, I'm just cranky, so I was no problem. Um, and then at full-time when I caught up with Wade, he said, oh, I just couldn't get into the game. And I'm like, look at the scoreboard. And he's like, "No, nah, it just didn't – they're still frustrated. It's funny
1: you say that. It's like looking back on the game, I can't remember Wade, Wade yeah. Graham being overly prominent. It was Woods it was and Gallon and Hamlin Ueli well. and Sean Johnson. Yeah. And was kind of just lead you into – I had – was up in the box. Mm-hmm. Before we – Went to air. We had a run-through about Lara doing uh, a walk-off interview after the warm-up with Sean Johnson. And Lara said, um, Sean always has two shots for goal and then he walks off. We'll have to get him after the two shots for goal. It's his, um, you know... That's thing. his routine. That's how it works. So Shervo throws to Lara. I think uh, Sean Johnson was lining up conversion attempt second. number one. No, oh, second. No.
2: I think he threw to me quite early and I was like, oh, okay, here we anyway, go. We're going to have a long so time here for me to fill before. Let before me pick it up. Maria.
1: So I'm watching Sean Johnson go from the left side of the field, have... And then to Lara right. moving in for the kill, and Sean, see, have, no, I've got to have one more kick. Had a kick from the right <laughs> as Lara's filling and we talking about the this. game. And then Sean picks up his tee as Lara moves in for the kill. Back to the left hand side of the ground for kick so number three. <laughs> we were <talking> Lara <laughs> moves in again, picks up the tee. Back to the other side. No, She's okay. back to Sherbo in this point. <laughs> <There's, And then laughs>
2: so Rob I was Willis. Laughing the, my head off. Uh, Rob Willis, the Sharks media man, said that he only takes two shots at goal, but that was. False information. He takes three. He takes one in the middle. Right. One on the left and one on the right. So I'm when he's finished his one on the left, I'm running at him with the mic ready to go, and he just looks at me like, "Don't come near me," yeah. and runs towards the right to set up the tee. I'm like, "Okay, he's going for another one. <laughs> 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 Won't be a minute." Uh, anyway, and good sport that Sean was. I think he wasn't too happy that I was right in his face for his uh, special preparation, but he hit them really well. Thank goodness. And kicks in the game seven six from, from six seven? or seven from seven. You're right. He kicked seven from seven. So.
1: So three from three into seven from seven, despite being pestered. <laughs> I by was being yeah, totally golf.
2: pestering. Um, and yeah, that was a lot of fun trying to feel for him to. <laughs> I'm like, hurry up, take your field goals, take your goals. Anyway. And then I get in
1: my ear, Maddie, we won't have time for any of that pregame stuff because Sean Johnson's pre game has gone too long. <laughs>
2: It was a two-minute kickoff. <laughs> kick-off was delayed by two, two minutes. minutes.
1: <laughs> because of you and Sean. Because <laughs> of fantastic, Hounding oh. Johnson like she used to hound those blokes in those nightclubs in the Eastern Southern. <laughs> oh,
2: please. I wish I'd, I'd seen that.
1: It must have been while Kevy. Uh, <laughs> I was laughing my head off. Kevy Walters and
0: I were in the car <laughs> driving out to 1300 Smile Stadium for the second last time ever. And I'm up there again this Thursday night for the blockbuster between the Cowboys and the Bulldogs – who are still trying to, you know, dream the impossible dream? Um, it'll be, uh, uh, it'll be funny being up there for the last ever game. I wasn't there for the first ever game at 1300 Small but again, it was against the Bulldogs, so a little bit of symmetry there. The sort of the circle is complete. The circle of life at 1-300-smiles. <laughs> and, um, and the stadium will be completely knocked to the ground because I'm taking a bag of gelignite with me just to make sure they blow up the commentary box and as, as I leave. So the last thing I'm going to do, I'm going to call the game, sign off. We'll do a little piece of camera down on the sideline and I'm going to leave a fuse lit with a long fuse in the commentary box. And as I'm walking through the car park to put my key in the car door, pow, up she'll go, baby, the commentary box... At 1300 Smile Stadium, will be no
1: more. Good riddance, sayonara, Vita Wiedersehen. Just to make it even better, was this is a simulcast game, which means you get moved into the secondary commentary box. So you don't even get the shoe box, you get the match box. Yeah, it's like
0: calling... When you're in the The phone booth... the, The main box is ordinary at 1300 Smiles, but the box when both the Nine Network and Fox League are there at the same time calling the same game... The, the box we call out of is like calling a rugby league game through the window of a submarine, yes, and the view is about the same and if a couple of moths land on it, good luck that that's it <laughs> if if two lot moths land on the window at the same time, uh, the sky goes black you can't no. see anything it's it's horrendous it's awful and i'm hoping I'm hoping that the new stadium is far far better, but I've had uh, some people who uh, been working on it and from a technical point of view said, "Oh, don't know, don't know what sort of job they've done with the commentary boxes and things at the new stadium. I'm like, oh, you can't be serious. Please tell me you don't have to
1: walk over the grandstand serious. roof to get to the commentary box like, like you at do Newcastle. at Newcastle. One 1-300-Smiles. Oh, yes, over the, you can still do that, yes, up there. Oh, or you yeah. can walk up the guts, but, yeah, over the roof. Uh, what piece of memorabilia would you take from 1-300-Smiles was?
0: Nothing. Um, no, I'd take, lot. you know what, I would take a piece of turf. I might even take a little plastic bag up with me because there's no sniffer dogs uh, domestically (laughs) when I land back here in Sydney. So, (laughs) and you're both laughing because you know the turf. Lara's like you're a weird turf perv. You're a grass perv.
2: You are, and a defensive perv.
0: Before and a defensive perv. Before the (laughs) game, um, we were down there having a chat to various types, James Maloney and others. just gaining a bit of intel, and I was looking at the field going, oh, this field is sensational. Pristine. Like it's just, you know, the grass is fantastic. I mean, if you couldn't grow grass in Townsville, you couldn't grow grass anywhere. So I'm going to take you right. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a couple of little Ziploc lunch bags yep. and a little little trowel or something, and I'm going to sneakily just have a little look around, make sure no one's watching me. It would be f- funny if I was on camera.
1: Just get a Now a divot. that I've tipped everybody off, a the divot. cameras will be locked There'll on There'll be a divot somewhere.
0: There'll be a couple of divots, and I'm just going to... Slip a little bit into a Ziploc bag and bring it home with me and plant it somewhere at. Um,
1: was, well, can you Smith answer me this question? Reville. If you were to uh, topsoil your backyard, Right, bring home a sandwich bag from 1-300 and plant it in the middle and treat it carefully and water it, would it eventually spread out so your entire backyard could be 1-300 Smile Stadium? With uh, goalposts at either end of the backyard well, as is well. That, <coughs> is that what happens? Would it grow out like that? Well, grass,
0: depending on the type of grass, um, performs differently in various atmospheric conditions so not and, sub, and, soil
1: not and soil tropical conditions. Tropical enough, maybe.
0: So the grass up there... It's not, it might be a, like, it's not, a, not zoysia, it's not fine enough as zoysia, but it's more like a, a subtropical oh uh, leaf and, and quite a broad leaf and grows out nicely, it like creeps out sideways. It doesn't grow up, it grows more sideways. So It's perfect for golf and or you know, rugby league if you want a nice, firm, fast surface. So you could. I don't know, Sydney, Sydney might get a little bit, it, well, I think it might struggle during winter. It mm. might be just all right. And certainly in summertime in Sydney, it go fine.
1: Well, before people start switching off this wonderful podcast, if <laughs> we move on to the rest of the uh, I love games grass. in this round, uh, we're going to look and at uh, round. Be on standby. We're going to look at uh, we're going to look at round twenty
0: four right now. Uh, well, okay. What about we'll start with the Cowboys and the Bulldogs? Things that we're talking about them. Um, what do you think? I the... think
1: the uh, occasion might be enough for the Cowboys, but geez, I've been impressed with the Bulldogs. Uh, There's a chance that Matt Scott. Will be there. Will be there.
0: Like I, they were hoping the club were hoping that he might be returning from Brisbane,
1: uh, maybe tomorrow. Well, we'll, Matt Scott is there, and it's the last game at One Three Hundred, where a lot of these players have spent their entire careers. Uh, I I think that occasion would be enough to have me leaning North Queensland's Waylara.
2: Yes, I'm going to agree with you, Maddie. Thank
1: you. After so much for <laughs> the bubble, the bog, the, the bulldogs. You tuned out will during burst. your bloody turf war. No, or? can
2: I just? Can, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> understandably, <laughs> I have to say though, um, can we just? I, I, I might not be completely sure with that because did, did you? Can you believe this narrative around the the school students not necessarily liking the teacher around oh, Michael Morgan? Not liking Paul Green and how it is acceptable that the captain doesn't like his coach, and that's pretty much what the boss of the Cowboys has said.
1: Well, I struggle to think that a captain and a coach aren't, um, if if not best mates, aren't able to enjoy one, two, and a few beers together. Mm. So I would hope that that's not the case.
0: No, yeah, well, you know,
2: doesn't sound like the, they can.
0: there are occasions where sure, there's probably the right the time and the place to have a beer with the players. Um, should be very few and far between.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying that. It shouldn't but be a regular You shouldn't be able to. You shouldn't be dreading it when you sidle up to the bar beside your coach, should you? No, you shouldn't be. But again, if that's the it, case, I don't know. Maybe they've just had a one-off. Situations stick. where
0: that happens. I don't know. That should be maybe maybe at the end of the season. I, I, there's a bit. I, there's I, don't, a bit of, I don't really see a situation where you need to be having a drink with the players. Honestly, uh, and that might sound like wowserish or, you know, complete hard-ass or whatever else. Well, there's an occasion. I I don't don't know that it ever... Sponsors function. I don't know how often... If it goes badly, it goes really badly, and that's the end of your career. Just ask Jason Taylor and David Farlongo when Jason Taylor was at the Rabbit. Now, it wasn't the end of his career as far as coaching, but... It was a major hurdle and he did well to overcome it and get another chance. And it could have been the end of his coaching career. And I know that's just a one-off situation, but I don't know that coaches getting on the drink to the point that they may or may not be doing shots or be, being asked to do shots um, if, no, no if, that's That's, you know... Like,
1: I'd say this was... I, you are I, tempting fate. I think the off-season in North Queensland, before they go to their new stadium, is really, really important. I, from An observer from afar looking in, I think there are some wrinkles there that need to be ironed out before 2020, and I hope they get it done. Yep. Well,
0: <laughs> for me, the Cowboys can be summed up, and I've said this before, pretty succinctly, if you put Kalen Ponga and Viliami Kikau into that team, then all issues are solved because they had the best young back in the game in their lower grades coming through. We, mm-hmm. we would watch them in the under-20s and go, what about this Kalen Ponga kid? My goodness, he's going to be a superstar. And we would watch Army kick out before he joined the Panthers doing exactly the same thing in the under-20s up there in towns and We'd go, what about this bloke? He's a monster. And they had them both. And they were the next generation of the franchise. They were the players you were building the post-Jonathan Thurston era around and they don't have either of them. And that would keep you up at night. If only they had better strawberry milkshakes in (sighs) Townsville.
2: Yeah. Caelan Ponga. Less said about Newcastle at the moment, the better. But, yes. Well,
0: speaking of players and coaches (sighs) and getting on, I mean, there's obviously massive drama up there as well, isn't there?
2: Why would you stay? That's my big question.
0: If you're Nathan Brown or Caelan Ponga?
2: Brown. After that especially.
0: So you, what, not uh, even turn up this week? No. Why? Just pull the pin. Because Brownie's not that
1: sort of bloke. No, he's not that sort of but bloke. But
2: hasn't he checked out a little bit, don't you think? Did you watch him in the pregame on even our coverage? I feel like that wasn't a coach that looked like Well, well He was
1: pretty
0: casual. Uh, he's uh, very
2: casual. There's yeah. a final spot to to still play for. He was extremely casual. Yeah, he was. I don't think that that's a coach that looks like he's ready to help them get there. He looks like he's done. So why stay? And I'm not questioning Brownie's... Uh, intent and and full commitment to the club up until now, but it sounds like it's gone really bad. We don't even know the full detail of it. So they weren't playing for him. They didn't even put a good account for their fans. So mm. what's he got to add there, other than just for to do it because it's the right thing to do? Yeah, that, I think he's done the right thing up until now. So
0: that was a hard game to call. You know, for that reason, because you just like it was sort of playing out before your eyes, and you couldn't believe it here they were the loser was pretty much done and the winner was going to be alive and be a chance whatever you know chance they are probably odds against but still a chance to make the finals off the back of the week that was um and and Nathan came out and said off the back of it there'll be players who will be clicking their heels that I'm done and dust so he was he would openly said that he knew he said there'll be players and that's probably the case when every coach gets the sack to be truthful but he said, and there'll be players who'll be like, well, a bit disappointed because I've been a, a reasonable part of their footy career and this part of their lives as well. If they've been there for four years under his care, then he's made an impression on them. Quite obviously, the players will be disappointed that he's leaving. But from what we've seen, boy, if there were players clicking their heels, there might have been a couple more of them than we first anticipated,
1: given the way they played on Saturday night. Well, they weren't just a smoky chance at the top eight. If they won that game on the weekend, they're on 22 points with a better uh, differential than any of the other teams on 22 points and Brisbane in eight spots. So they're actually, given that they play Gold Coast this weekend at home, they were in pole position to make the eight. Yeah. Um, So it ought to slip through their fingers. The timing's horrible. The outcome's horrible for all involved. And we'll see what happens from here. The Tigers, the
0: Titans and the Panthers to finish with. Mm. And, you know, maybe the team we've seen the last third plus of the season is the real Newcastle Knights and maybe the mirage was the wins they strung together, those six straight wins or seven of eight through the middle part of the season after they won one of their first six. Maybe the team at the start of the season and the end of the season is the real Newcastle Knights and the team that won those games in the middle of the season is a complete mirage because... Go back and look at the form. They beat the Eels, the Warriors, the Bulldogs, the Dragons. They beat the Roosters during Origin. And then they beat the Bunnies as well during Origin. They beat the Broncos. They lost They like got smashed by the Melbourne Storm and that seemed to be the beginning of the end. They bounced back and beat the Broncos the next week. Maybe those wins in the middle of the season gave you a false impression of the team that they are and whatever they've got going, what spirit, what vibe, what mojo they've got. Maybe that was papering over the cracks, and the cracks are actually huge. And you know, Nathan's probably been aware of that. He's been part of that. Couldn't get them together. Whatever the truth is, it doesn't matter. He's going. Justin Holbrook. What what situation is Justin Holbrook? Oh, sorry, is Adam O'Brien walking into? So it's the same situation that Justin Holbrook's walking into on the Gold Coast. We've thought about the Gold Coast. You know, a footy rabble and can't get their act together. Maybe they're going in the right direction now under Mal Meninga. Let's hope so for their cause. But maybe the Knights, in effect, aren't really that far away from the Gold Coast
1: Titans. Is it easier for a new coach to take over a rabble and lead them up or to take over a team that's performing uh, and doing quite well and full of disciplined uh, achievers uh, that can really only slide down? It's an interesting thought to ponder.
2: I don't think they're a rabble. The Knights. No. I think they're... They were what, on what, I know. But for whatever reason, I don't think that they were... They didn't believe in the game plan that was presented to them by Nathan Brown and that has just all fallen away.
1: Yeah, Without knowing the game plan, without knowing what goes on behind the curtains, I can't believe that a bloke who has invested so much time and energy to lift them away from three wooden spoons, Mm. who has admitted to his errors and his faults this year, who seems to be personable, who clearly has a rich rugby league pedigree, has achieved great things overseas, I can't understand why there are rumblings behind the scenes to replace Nathan Brown.
2: Because it sounds like... I can't
1: understand that as a fan looking in.
2: From being at the games and not hearing this directly from the horse's mouth, the feeling around Newcastle being up there at a couple of games recently is that he could take them to this point, but whether they could then take the next step. So, and I'm not sure if that's around tactics or, you know, you've got some pretty experienced players that he's brought in that maybe have come from clubs that have had a lot of success and those players maybe know what success looks like behind the scenes. Um, And perhaps someone like Adam O'Brien coming from the pedigree of the Storm and the Roosters now for this year may... uh, make them focus more on their defence. Attack has been very much Nathan Brown's mantra. I think whenever he speaks to us pre-game, he's often talking about the attack of the team and maybe there are players within that squad who, who feel like they need to go back to focusing on defence first before the flamboyant nights come out. That, that's all I can think of is that, they, that the players don't believe they can go the next step with him. Okay.
0: Either way, he set the benchmark pretty high, hasn't he, as far as the, uh, coaches who get the sack yes. is concerned in the future because he's been happy Joe happy ever since he got the sack or ever played out <laughs> up there. I mean, he, he's super magnanimous. He's been, ah, oh, it's all good. I'm best mates with the boss and we're going to work it out. I've got a good payment, whatever else, and I'm trucking on, whatever else. He's he's put a, a really positive face on it. Um, so if you get the sack now and you've got the dirts, um, you'll, you'll be compared to how Nathan Brownie handled things and it'll be tough to be as I, positive about the situation cli- as Brownie has been.
2: clearly been more that's gone on and he's holding his head high knowing he's done the right thing. So something's happened, who knows, again in rugby league whether we'll hear the real story behind it but he obviously knows that he did everything he could to to make the team mm. a success and he walks out with his um, integrity intact, basically.
0: Yeah, And if that's the case, I'm a little concerned for Adam O'Brien walking in there because... At some point, it has got a bit of a bit of professional pride in the job you're going to do when you go to work. It doesn't matter whether you're a plumber or a, a flight attendant or a pilot, you know, a chartered accountant or you're a rugby league player. And when you're turning up and you're just going through the motions as they did against the Tigers. Now, I know the situation of the week was pretty ordinary, but, but before that... Like if, if it wasn't a great situation and they weren't happy with the coach, you go, well, okay, there's been, uh, there's been plenty of good teams who weren't happy with the coach. Can you tell me Warren Ryan oh, yeah. and his tenure at the Bulldogs had everybody on board, given the prickly nature of the, of the walk? Mm. It, Wayne, do you reckon everybody was happy under the coaching of Wayne Bennett at various stages of his career, his long tenure at the Brisbane Broncos? There would have been players who were offside with him and weren't happy. But you get on with the job and you... You play for your team, you play for the jumper, you play because you're getting paid
1: well, you're playing for the fans you're playing for your family i mean you're playing for yourself, I reckon they'll get on with the job this weekend they played the goal coach. too late at home old boys weekend oh. you're right you're right I agree wholeheartedly was it's a it's too late it's a week too late they should be embarrassed, but I just feel that you look consider everything they'll come out and they'll perform this week, which will make last week even more frustrating for People like us sitting around a table trying to explain what just happened. I I just feel that they will respond this weekend, a week too late, and actually do themselves further disservice by illuminating just how good they could have been against West Tigers a week earlier.
2: But further to the point, why should Nathan Brown stay this week? How awkward must it be up there? This week, fronting to training. Off the back of of that, in front of a coach who, who admitted in the press conference that it's they're clearly not listening or they're not playing for him and yeah. it's all done. So you kind of talk How to awkward. The group yeah, it it would be. Like, but what, But
1: you, if it was you, Lara, you'd still do it. Well, anyone would still do it because they wouldn't want to be seen skulking away with their tail between their legs. Yeah. You'd say, we're professionals, I've got a job to do, I'm going to see it through, I don't like what's happened, I don't think I've been treated accordingly... Uh, but I'm going to front up, I'm going to do my yeah. job to the finish line I'm going to do it the best of my ability. I reckon the
0: next club that uh, sacks a coach towards the back end of a season, if, if it happens as early as next year, um, they'll just cut the cord cold. Mm. It's, yeah, it's untenable. Yeah. No, there's no winners. No. Just say, mate, it's been great, but you're gone and don't see the season out, even though we're a chance. Just go now. Mm. and we'll work it out, we'll, we'll go from there.
2: So back to the tips. Sorry, I was go, I got sidetracked because you were talking about grass too much and you said the Cowboys would beat the Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs will beat the Cowboys. Sorry, I'm not going to wow. agree with you, Matthew. Okay, <laughs> no,
1: that's okay. That'll in be...
2: mind that the coach situation, I think there's okay. a lot more to play out. doesn't sound like it's a happy camp up in North Queensland. Right.
0: And it's, a, you know, w- while the, mm. while the truth isn't completely known... The hounds are on the scent, yep. and the, until you remove Philip all the Sammy's up the there, Sammy <laughs> Philip, Sammy is on the scent in Newcastle. He'll, he'll yeah, find that. I'm going to go bulldogs in that one. Well, that'll be sad. Uh, and you know, I, I make light in part about the commentary box and stuff up at 1300 Smile Stadium. I've called some great games up there. You Jonathan, Jonathan Thurston has been, you know, mar- mar- marvellous. He'll be there. There'll be a, a cavalcade of stars. Have been, you know, putting. Um, stuff on their website, on the North Queensland Cowboys website, about all the big moments at the stadium and the, mm. and the venue over the years. And there's been some great moments. JT kicking a field goal at the end of regulation time one night against the Melbourne Storm, then kicking one in in overtime in Golden Point to beat them as well. That that stands in, out in my mind. I can still hear the call. You know, some things stay with you. I can still I can tell you what exactly what I said in that situation. So I've had great moments up there, and the Cowboys have been. Pretty good for me as far yeah. as a calling games, so yeah.
2: it'll be fun. I'm, I'm happy, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm wrapped,
0: watch. even if it was fifteenth versus sixteenth. I'm wrapped that I'm going up there yeah. this game.
2: I did my very first sideline game up at uh, North Queensland. It was when Willie Mason played for the Cowboys, and I had to interview him uh, uh, post game with Cameron Smith playing the Storm, and uh, Willie hijacked the whole thing because he was so immature, and <laughs> you know, so such a joy nah. to to speak to. But um, yeah, so it was my very first. I, I think that would have been back in. 2010,
0: and something. then straight to the Mad Cow afterwards.
2: Yeah, I I used to drive past and never went in.
1: <laughs> I've never been. In. We, we used to catch an early flight out, and quite often was as you'll be aware. Well, we you still do going past and like four <laughs> thirty, five o'clock yeah. to catch an early flight, and there are people still coming out of the Mad Cow. Do you know what? The place is toned down a little bit because that was Friday night. We we're up there,
0: Kevin and I, calling that game with Brent Tate, and we did the drive through at five a.m. The casino downstairs, we stayed at the Ville. The casino at Townsville, as we've done for the vast majority, we stayed at the Sugar Shaker a little bit, the old Travel Lodge there and a couple of other spots as well, but mostly at the casino. The casino was still open as we walked through the foyer at you know, sort of 10 to 5 in the morning. Uh, it was still open, but through the Flinders Street there, the main part of town where all the um, pubs and clubs and stuff are, the cow and whatever else, um, it was pretty quiet. I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe all the – because it's a big service town. Maybe the armed forces, the, the the boys and girls, and I've got a uh, a cousin who's in the army up there. Maybe they're out of town on doing work or something, and um, maybe it's maybe it's quiet in towns at the moment. I don't know, but I haven't seen I haven't seen the stragglers yeah. for some time. Oh, maybe well, they're maybe they're all out early tending to their grass. Farewell, 1300. Take a bit of grass with you. I will. Trust me, I'm going to do that. I might bring it in here on Monday just to prove to you that I've got yeah. the grass. Yeah, good. From do that. 1300 Smile stadium. With a dead moth on and it. And you know you know as sure as eggs <laughs> that I get off the plane here in Sydney yeah, on yeah. the You're way have to back declare it. and there's a beagle at the yeah. gate yeah. waiting for me. Yeah. yeah.
2: There's a, can't do that.
0: A little with a little, you know, customs.
2: <laughs> we're not here, we know where you are. You've been arrested at been the arrested
0: airport. Arrested for bringing turf back across the border. That's not illegal.
2: You can't take fruit and vegetables into Queensland, so I'm assuming you can't take things out.
1: We accept anything here in New South Wales. Okay, all right. <laughs> all best. right,
2: let's go to Mount Smart Stadium. The Warriors v the Rabbitohs.
1: Uh, Rabbitohs. <laughs> oh dear.
2: They're
1: done. The Warriors. Yeah, they are done. Yeah, yeah. yeah the last and three that's losses the, have been by 42 points. You, so. you
0: asked a question about the Sharks earlier on. I, I don't know. They played the Warriors. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't want to make anything really of what the Sharks
1: showed the other day.
0: On Saturday afternoon, you know what's startling?
1: They played the Warriors. The, Roger Tuavasa Shek's numbers are better this year than his Dali Emmy. Yeah. Better. So imagine by it, a significant margin. He's not, a one man band. Yeah, yeah.
2: Imagine what they would have been able to do if he wasn't in the team. Imagine yeah. it, they'd been bo- bottom rung of the table. So disappointing. Let's so, not so, talk about the Warriors. But, but
1: really, South Sydney yes. uh, go over there. And the Warriors, in the last three losses, they've given up 40 points in every one of them. So it's Mm -hmm. not beyond the realms that the the Rabbitohs could rack up another score. And
0: tonnes of motivation, obviously, for South Sydney because if they win that game, they go to 32 points. Melbourne playing manly. Um, say Melbourne win that game, the Bunnies bounce right back into the top four with one round to go.
2: Against the Roosters. And then in round
0: 25, they take on the Roosters. Yeah, this in is a must-win. Blockbuster. Must so it's a big win, for, big game for the Rabbitohs. I think they'll back up the form. Yeah, just those scenes in the dressing room afterwards up there at Suncorp Stadium. There's, If you're talking about players and coaches getting on and the, and the vibe and the mojo at oh. a club, boy, that place is dripping in mojo off the back of that. And if they can maintain that, and bottle that, then the Rabbitohs might be a team who can make a little run now because it might have been just a little, you know, the little shove, little jab that they needed to get their season back on track. We'll see. <laughs> Sam will be back. So
1: Wayne Bennett, eight thirty-five games, five eighteen wins, sixty-two percent strike rate was well, just uh, fixing up my earlier fair record. Mm. Yeah, Lara told you that earlier. You, you missed that. <laughs> oh, you said more than eight hundred and thirty. Yeah. I, I got it specific: 836, Two. actually. Eight three six. Okay. Eight three six. Okay. 5 9 wins. Seabold
2: v Brad Arthur this week. Surely less um, barbs thrown <laughs> ahead of this game. No, uh, Anthony Seabold will be round. training
0: this week in a Hannibal Lecter uh, mask and he'll be taped to a uh, <laughs> to a wheelie bin. They won't let him talk, walk or move. Um, <laughs> just shut up. Don't say anything. We'll just come up with a game plan. Hand it over on a four <laughs> pages. We'll do the rest from there. Um, the Broncos win this game. Mm, Do
2: they? Oh, hang
0: on. Mm. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna is Blake Ferguson herself. back for this one? Nope. To be the I guess he is. He is.
2: Sorry. You're,
0: yep. David Fafita's on deck, though, and so is Payne Haas. Now, the Broncos win this one. I'm going to say with my original thought, the Broncos beat the Eels. And that will take them to 25 points and will confirm their place. That, that will confirm their place in the finals. I guess not. With that not, one
2: point, Rafa.
0: No, far. I guess not. 25. Still wouldn't be enough to absolutely confirm their place in the final, so it would be the next best thing.
1: Yeah, I'm on the
2: it's Broncos. I
0: think
1: round. the Broncos might win this. We've done Knights Titans. I think the Knights will win. I think the Eels are the. Um, if you talk about teams being the dark horse,
0: then I think the uh, I think the the Eels are the Trojan horse. They're made of wood, and, <laughs> and 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 can't get it done when it matters most.
2: Yeah. There you go. That's a
0: that's a big call coming to the man? Church Street upset Warren upset. I've just upset a bunch of <laughs> Parramatta fans, haven't I? I don't I don't think they're a contender. Okay. Mm. Knights and Titans. I can't fit that game. First game on Saturday. Uh, I mean,
2: just pick a one and move.
0: On. Well, you know, given what they showed <laughs> yesterday against Melbourne. Yeah, if you know if your last form is best form, but then the Titans, the Titans have got better form than the Knights. The Titans the will game. be in it
1: at half time, like they have been their last three or four, and then the Knights will come storming home. Lara, do you see anything to suggest that's wrong? Yeah, no, good. Move on,
2: Campbelltown. That's what I have to say. But yeah, I, I'm going to say the Titans because I'm so angry that the Knights are so.
1: Okay, okay. wow, shocking! A little
0: stick in the booty. in, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say the Knights at some point. Well, maybe this is match of the round. At some point, though, I'll just say you're yeah, fine. I fine am at Lotto
2: Land for this next one.
0: Five thirty. Sea Eagles versus Storm. Hmm. Uh, I don't know because I'm unconvinced I about the Melbourne Storm uh, as far as their attack is concerned. You know, you know, Manly, for sure. Manly, now is Curtis Irwin on deck this week? Yeah,
2: sounds like he's on his way back. They're saying, and he'll need right. to be because Joel Thompson's broken yeah. his
0: arm oh, I'm probably missing for a month. You mm. would imagine. It's depending on the severity of the break, but you, you would think it's
1: at least really oh, it's going to
2: be close.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll put you <laughs> out of your misery. Okay. Have a look I'll at honestly, the ladder, no, Melbourne. Know. Yes, I know they're on top. <laughs> I know, Melbourne. But you know the...
2: they beat them in Melbourne.
1: Yeah. There's even more reason. I won't beat them twice in the one season.
2: <laughs> You're going with my probability thing now. Mm. Okay. <laughs> can, pick. can I'm you play go, the elevator
1: music? I'm, producer, go film, thinking, I'm thinking going to go manly.
2: I'm going to go manly. Oh
1: my goodness, I can't believe it's taking you this long. Yeah. I, uh, anyway, well I, I, I'm going to move on the Roosters Panthers. <laughs>
0: uh, can you ask me on Friday yeah. on the Invisible podcast? Uh, I'm going to say at the, I'm just edging towards the Seagulls at home. They beat, Like you said, Lara, they boot them down there. Not that long, not that long ago, round nineteen, Manly beat Melbourne
1: eleven ten, in a in a rip snorter. You got a split, wasn't I? I said Manly. Okay, two one. But my tipping's
2: two one. I think was
1: you won our uh, pick the margin uh, last week Titans Melbourne because yeah, I had thirty six. Yeah, I had forty two. Lara had about one hundred and fifty, and you won. (laughs) Roosters Panthers.
2: Roosters next.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Roosters.
2: I haven't even got
1: into the pants. At today. what stage, Lara, do we get to see uh, the roosters near full strength? Now, obviously, w- when is Boyd Corden going to play? How far away is Jake mm-hmm. Friend? Does Latrell Mitchell come straight back this week? And what on earth happens to Penrith if those three are all of a sudden parachuting?
0: I'm uh, no, I'm resting uh, Latrell Mitchell again this week, which is a great shame. If I'm if I'm Trent Robbins. what's wrong with him? I don't want to. I'm not risking anything with that calf muscle. Mm. <sighs> Is that a – you think that's a, a first? Thing?
2: Well, I'm going out to the Roosters tonight. We're doing these super spectacular final shoots with all the top eight teams at the moment. Do, and you
0: th- do you think the calf muscle is a smother?
2: No, no. I think maybe that was a game that he could afford to rest him for. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas
0: mm. – Well, if, if there is a, a, a real calf muscle issue, then I'm resting him. I'm not playing him this way. Well,
2: he, they could because now they're four clear of the rate. You know, they're four clear. They – Two top two is sorted. Melbourne won yesterday, so they can't go to. They can't beat them for the minor premiership. You wouldn't have. Well, they can't, can they? They can't get the minor premiership anyway.
0: Uh, well, you need Melbourne to lose two, and the Roosters win. Yeah. to win two, and if Melbourne lost two and the Roosters won two, then they would cover the difference as far as four and against. Because at the moment it's thirty nine points. Yeah. So, so there's still a you would think, you know, But, yeah. you know, but that's you know we'll, get, we'll we'll talk about that next week if yeah. if Manly. Uh, Manly beat
1: uh, Melbourne on Saturday. That will clear up that sort of scenario? Well, I've gone off twice early. Uh, What's the game of the round? Is it Brisbane Eels? Is it Eagle Storm? Is it Cronulla Canberra?
0: I hope it's Cronulla Canberra because I'm calling that one. No, it's, you know, the Seagull Storm is the blockbuster. But Sharks Raiders is a fascinating game. Given the the
1: farewell to points, but given the fact that that. uh, Ricky's Raiders back in his old stomping ground, Cronulla, Paul Gallen's final home game, the Raiders off that unlucky defeat, Um, there's a bit in that game, isn't there?
0: And And one of the reasons there's a bit in that game is because, let's say, let's play out this scenario that given table position, the Raiders beat the Sharks and the Tigers beat the Dragons, that would mean if the Roosters beat the Panthers and we've rubbed out the Knights and the Bulldogs. That would mean on Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock on the final day of the regular season at Leichhardt Oval on a sunny Sunday afternoon, the Tigers in front of a full house with Robbie Farrer potentially coming back, playing with a broken leg, Robbie on one leg playing his final game at Leichhardt
1: against the Sharks. Winner makes the finals and the loser goes to Bali or Byron Bay. The Tigers playing to snap the longest current finals drought. That
0: is a mouth-watering, lip-smacking, salivating proposition to see the
1: Sharks and
0: the Tigers with that scenario I, in play.
1: I must admit, I thought that scenario had been pulled, given the injury to Robbie Farrah, given a couple of losses to the Tigers, that I thought, well, that's the end of them now. But it could still happen. And I want a progress report on Robbie. Because that's the vital ingredient. We need Robbie odds trotting against. on. Have to be odds
0: against him. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Everything – oh, he's on crutches on Saturday night out there at Campbelltown. Um, doesn't mean he couldn't run around at Leichardt in a couple of weeks' time. But, boy, it'll be some sort of comeback and he'll be in a lot of pain and, and risk – um you know, permanent
1: damage. Rugby leagues had those stories. That's not banging Joey the drum playing, and trying to beat up the story. Up the story that he dropping.
0: risked permanent damage to his knee should he play and has an issue with it during that game. That's that's just the way it is. Mm. So it's a hell of a story. But if
2: it's your last roll of the dice.
0: <laughs> but when you're 60,
2: yeah,
0: and you've been walking around on one leg for 25 footballers years, footballers don't think so you are you, when they're 60.
2: Are you in camp, Robbie, or camp Gal oh. in that game?
0: <laughs> if <it laughs> considering you your camp that scenario, well, hang wait. on, let's let's work out who. So I'm saying I'm saying this: the Raiders will beat the Sharks.
2: Yeah.
0: Even without Joey Lalua, is Matt Moylan
1: going to play?
2: Do you really think that matters? Um, not the way the Sharks are playing.
1: Dugan's having a a much better season than a lot of people
0: think. John Morris certainly thinks that and talks him up. If you talk to John at training, he he likes what Josh Dugan does for the team.
2: I think the, their strength is their forward pack and if they're going to challenge the Raiders, it'll be with those guys yep. firing up.
1: Yeah, and they, were, they started really well against the Warriors. Woods to Gallen, um, yeah... This is hard. Can I have some thinking music for this one? It's oh an awesome gosh. game because a loss, you know, there's ha- tons hanging on oh, it for think, the Sharks. I think the Sharkies win three straight for the first time
0: this season. There you go. So, and there's tons hanging on it for the Raiders because a loss puts them in jeopardy of missing out on the top four. Which is crucial, isn't it, Lara? Crucial.
2: Oh, we were talking about this. I don't think that it matters. I think they'd rather finish fifth. I'm just going to throw that out there But then you don't leave.
1: get to host, you get
2: to host, host final week, week two. One, Oh, but let's go to Amy Park and try and beat the Storm. Free
1: crack week again. one, knowing you come home if beaten in beat week them. two. And if you win in week one with a free cr- crack in the eyes of many, you go to week three at home at GIO Stadium. Give me top four any day.
2: You, not you've gonna been beat, you're not going to beat Melbourne in Melbourne again and you're not going to beat the roosters at the SCG. Wow,
0: I love it when Sorry. you stick solid dear. Th- we had this discussion if you stick
1: now. And I won.
0: We had this discussion <laughs> an hour and a bit ago before we we pressed <laughs> before we pressed the red button and said you know, play is, that music, Phil. <laughs> is um, this is
2: coming from someone who just wishes they were in the eight, okay? So.
0: There you go, we're, exactly. We're and I'm I'm happy you didn't shell out for the babysitter last week yeah. because that would have been money poorly spent. Yeah, given And the I
2: apologise to anyone who's at the Leagues Club with my family who would have been crying in their beer till midnight.
0: How, how was Ant when he got no, home? I'm not
2: coping. I didn't talk to him. I was like, no, nah, don't come near me. Fair enough. No, yeah.
0: mm. <laughs> it's like that in the pit household at the moment. <laughs> I'm going to say the Raiders beat the Sharks. Hang on, you've got the Sharks winning. Oh, uh, the uh, Sharks. Lars, what are you saying?
2: I'm going to say the Raiders. Raiders, sorry. okay. Pernilla. There you go.
0: And that would, yeah, if, if it if should, and that sets up our next game because if we'll know the result of that one, if the Raiders beat the Sharks, boy, the Tigers will be sitting there in the uh, beautiful surrounds of the Sydney Cricket Ground taking on the Dragons. It's a home game for some George Illawarra at the SCG. They'll know that here we go. We win, boys, and we set up the blockbuster at Leichhardt the week after. Uh, they'll have motivation coming, Mm. you know,
1: out of their ear holes. (laughs) Back-to-back games at the SCG. So we go there Saturday night for Billy Smith, the debutante, to maybe play game two. And then we're back there less than 24 hours later for Tristan Saylor to maybe play fullback for the Dragons Mm. in game two. And he looked pretty good, didn't he? Yeah. I thought he went really, really well. Yeah. scored a try. Great to see Tara and... uh, Del and his sister Matisse there, and great to see Billy Smith's family there as yeah. well. And, and I think it's great to see those shots to just signal and remind us how significant it is to play one NRL game, let alone four hundred and what's Cameron up to? <laughs> four hundred and four, five. Um,
2: there was a fantastic photo that surf- surfaced on Twitter yesterday of Tristan. I don't know, who, I don't know maybe it would have been thirteen in in the sheds at a Melbourne game, and he was had his arms around Cooper Cronk, who's having his fan photo with Cooper. Okay, and then you know, whatever, where are we at now, all these years later, he plays against him in his final season and in Tristan's first. So, love that stuff.
0: Mm. Tigers will win that one. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, the resignation in your voice the last couple of weeks talking about the Dragons is something mm. to behold. Yeah. It's fantastic.
2: Oh, I'm glad you're enjoying it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Mary's and sacking everybody. Can I everybody? just
2: put a shout out to, he, it, to what's the, the wonderful what's Dragons as far as fans? The can they please staff? stop adding me, adding me on Twitter?
0: Don't, don't give it to Lara. Oh,
2: no, they're just upset and I understand that apparently on the weekend they tried to bring in their fail, Mar- fail Mary signs and the Jubilee security stopped them. So right. there was censorship going on around what... what could be held up on the hill and what couldn't understand the fans are frustrated and let's face it foul mary isn't exactly a swear word or you know anything like that it's not profanity
0: so what's the protocol there if you're walking up to the gates and you've got your big uh, two poles and you've got obviously a banner wrapped around the two poles but you can't see they
2: must have checked it and said so they
0: say can you uh, please open that up and give us a look and see what it says before we let you in with it is that what happens i guess
2: they're very unhappy about it I, i sort of half been reading the the Twitter outrage about it, but they're all fired up now for this game at the SCG and they're going to bring their banners and um, get them in there and it's not going to deter them because they have a voice and they aren't happy with what's unfolded this year and, um, you know, as I said, it's not swearing. It's not profanity. So if they want to express themselves on the hill, they're paying members. A lot of them are passionate, long-time fans. That's their voice and that's their way of getting their message heard.
0: Well, I don't want to give any, anybody any ideas, but if I was a Dragons fan trying to make, make a point or get a message across, I'd have a, a skywriter up, <laughs> up in the sky at, uh, at about 3.30 on Sunday afternoon above the eastern suburbs of Sydney as the, the, the skywriting just wafts across <laughs> the Sydney cricket ground. with, And you could put whatever message you wanted. Hashtag whatever you like. Yep,
2: just you can not you can find it. Ima- not, not putting
0: any ideas in
1: anybody. <laughs> imagine heads. if they did it at say three thirty was before the four o'clock kick off, and at halftime the Dragons lead at twenty two nil, and the fail mare is just dissolving above the cricket <laughs> ground as the Dragons build a big lead over the Tigers. Sports fans, we are. I mean,
0: yeah, we're sports fans. But you know I, what? I was a sports fan. Mary... One thirty a.m. this morning, crying in the in my cup of tea. Yeah, the Aussies were coughing up another ben uh, close test loss. Um, just to finish on this note, in the US, um, a quarterback, Andrew Luck, who has um, played for the Indianapolis Colts for a bunch of years, um, he's had a number of issues. He had a big shoulder injury uh, heading into last season. He's had issues for five, six seasons now. He's played through pain, played through injury, um, done the level best for his team. He's earned a lot of money doing it, quite obviously, but he's pulled the pin, 29 years of age. He's retiring from the game. because He says, my body is just failing me. It's mentally worn me down. I'm not enjoying this. It's, it's taken my love for the game and trashed it. So I don't want to live through this anymore. I want to live a, a nice, healthy, um, well life. And he's pulling the pin on his NFL career. And there's been plenty of players do that in a variety of sports b- before they've maybe even reached their prime. And at 29, I mean, Tom Brady is in his early 40s and going on again for another couple of seasons with the New England Patriots. So it's a position you can potentially play for a long time. But as he left the stadium um, at the uh, beginning, I think, of the practice game they played, the the third week of the preseason, and I don't know who they were playing, there was a big section of the fans booed him off the field. They booed him off the field for retiring at the beginning of the season. And I was stunned watching this vision yesterday. I was like, my God, how hard-bitten, how cold-hearted, how unthinking do you have to be to boo somebody who's just said to you, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this physically and I can't do this mentally. And they booed him from the stadium. And he had to walk out. His final appearance on that field, their home field will be walking out at the sounds of boos, ringing around the stadium because he pulled the pin. I was like, The parallel would God. be
1: Benji Marshall What's i playing being? on in 2020, doing the off-season, realising six months is a long time for a... Mid thirty year old, I'm going to actually retire rather than play 2020, and before round one at a trial, being booed at Leichhardt by the would not happen. Would not
0: happen. Would not. I think it tells you a lot about that, America is, at the moment. I was going to say
1: you understand American culture maybe better than Lara and I. Does booing mean the same in the states as it does in Australia? Is that, a, is that a direct attack on that individual or more oh. them just saying, we, we we don't mind you, but we don't like your decision. We wish you were playing on. Does it mean yeah. the same as we would take it here in Australia?
0: Either way, it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. Yeah. I couldn't believe that I saw that
1: yesterday. That's I'm hilarious. trying to look for an excuse, that's all, because yeah, I can't understand it. Well, there's, there's no excuse. Drawing that. the parallel between that and what – if Benji did something similar, there would be deafening roars around Leichhardt Oval. Yeah. No booing. Yeah, that, that's absolutely – horrendous
0: mm.
1: so yeah let's
0: hope we never get at that stage there's lots of things that are great about america i love the place a cheery note a, to finish a variety on of ways but my goodness they've got some issues over there at the moment i can't wait for this weekend in God round 24 of the nrl it'll be fascinating i hope we've uh, entertained you for the last hour and a bit or so <laughs> Two um, hours. and if you're a bit of a grass perv like me um, so you at three hundred. You're up there at Townsville, or mascot. Bring a little shovel with you. I'll, I'll grab a couple of bits off you <laughs> if you're walking out, as I'm going to be on Thursday night. Can't wait to be up there in the far north. Until we see you next week. You can take me now. I've seen it all.